let's just get started with where are you at right now? Like you're coaching? Right now I am coaching slash directing a group and we're trying to do our version of a JTS Brown format show. Okay. We've had six practices. Okay. Did you um, did you come back from camp with that idea in mind, or were you as, or was that you did JTS at Yosemite last year, right? Yeah. So my experience with JTS is a full weekend with Craig Kukowski, and he walked us through. Uh, his recollection of it because he hadn't practiced it himself in a while and then went back to San Francisco with about a half dozen of us had all taken the class and then we went back to our busy lives and no one had time to form a, you know, those who experienced Yosemite JTS team. Okay. So did you then approach people or did people approach you about like they had an interest in learning it um, kind of thing or were you like, I got to get this off the ground? It started out with people approaching me. Uh, so you, I don't know how familiar you are with the San Francisco scene, but there is a lot of premise-based improv. There are great shows and very successful shows that bring in lots of people week after week uh, where you bring in someone from the audience or someone that you've picked to interview them and then draw material from that. And we, uh, uh, three friends and I, uh, Billy Wood and Jen Wild, uh, were talking about how we would like to see some different shows. And they really pushed me when I told them about the JTS to start up the show. So they've been the main producers and I've been the, creative force behind it okay do you guys have a, a date have you guys you haven't have you performed it yet or are you okay we have not the jts approach is to practice until you're ready and so we're just focusing on the basics i think we're getting close to something that we could perform in the next month or so okay so when you sat down and were like okay i'll i will i will tackle this um how did you approach your like your goals and your objectives for the group were you thinking first globally or did you need to get a sense of the group and this is your first time into putting your toe into this water right right i had previously been a part of classes that continued into shows and i'm a part of two regular shows that i auditioned to get in but i had never started something like this so that my producers and I got together a short list of people that we wanted to be a part of our group, started reaching out, got yeses and noes, kept expanding the list, and uh, that was going on at the same time as we started putting together bylaws because we wanted everyone coming in to have clear expectations. Uh, so as director, I have authority over who is and isn't on the team. I wanted to make sure that people knew to come to me with concerns rather than have these peer-to-peer discussions and uh, set expectations for attendance and when shows would be 
And then the third prong was in preparing for the first practice. I went back to my notes from the JTS where I'm glad that I wrote down uh, what exercises we did, uh, what the uh, emphasis and objective of the exercise was, and then what we did in it, as well as just the funny moments that now make no more sense to me. Uh, and you know, started boiling that down into what I wanted my first practice to be. Okay. Do you think that your first practice, what you envisioned and what actually happened lined up? What happened? What did you get from it? I uh, learned a lot about myself. I think I really underestimated myself and the team because I had taken uh, the exercises that we had just jumped into. Craig is not a fan of warm-ups, and uh, we really um, pushed ourselves. I thought I would – yeah, I took the worst of everything. I thought – uh, let's keep the no warm-up idea, but then for each exercise, start with a very basic version of it and gradually add complexity. And what I found is that for this group, the warm-ups, especially with the new group, uh, were essential in bringing the team together and getting everyone on their Sunday afternoons back up to improv speed. So. Since then, we've always done warm-ups, and there have always been warm-ups in common from week to week so that we can build the things that we want to build. And then when I started exercises uh, in a very limited way, uh, everyone was creatively very stifled, and they were, in fact, capable of understanding the full exercise, and I was capable of explaining the full exercise. So now I just jump right in. I'll explain as much as I need to to get them started and wait for that uh, creativity to take over and improv surprises to happen. And you're not playing as part of this, right? You're just coaching directing of this group? Just coaching directing. For the first few shows, I may be the one doing tech, but I'm hoping that the team takes part of it because in this show, the person who does lights and sound is definitely a part of the show. Right. Right, because of the format and the way it's set up. Yeah, I um, do you think that the the reason for the exercises because these group of people are already improvisers, right? Like they're not because we're going. This is a more complex form. You needed a group of improvisers that fundamentals was done. So that's probably why they were able to jump into those exercises without having to break them down a bit more. Do you think that's probably what that was? I think so. I think it was. Uh, as part of me uh, doing baby steps versions of exercises uh, showed a little bit of a lack of trust and that just translated emotionally as well as um, forcing everyone to think very rigorously of something that's meant to be creative and free-flowing. How do you think your style is developing in terms of the feedback you give? Do you find yourself... Side coaching, do you find yourself waiting to give notes at the end? Do you find yourself second-guessing yourself when you do to give feedback? Uh, I feel pretty confident in the feedback that I'd like to give. I started with no uh, you know, scenic coaching of any form because I was so concerned about the form and uh, 
something that I started doing was timing the scenes to uh, try to uh, give people a sense of how long scenes were because that was something that we had struggled with at Yosemite was short scenes leading to more work for ourselves as we had to fill our 20-minute slot. But uh, I became a slave to the stopwatch, so I just dropped it. And now watch the scene. I'll size support if I can. I still haven't figured out uh, a good way to interrupt the scene without stopping the scene and being clear. I think just over time I'll develop my own style of that. And then I don't give all of my notes after the scenes because I don't want to, the practice to grind to a halt, but I try to find the main takeaway points, the few changes that they could make to really improve their expression of the form. Do you find yourself right now modeling uh, people who have been your coaches or teachers that you connected with? I think I am. I'm uh, thinking specifically of Max McCall, who uh, I think you've talked to or you haven't, you should, is uh, great at side coaching because he has just key phrases. If it's not one or two words, he doesn't say it. So it doesn't uh, interrupt the flow. And I'm thinking of just all the um, teachers that uh, were about positivity and uh, Jill Bernard especially would uh, and will um, say that it's not about uh, you can't you can probably complete this but uh, that <laughs> uh, if it's it may not be the exercise uh, we're doing right now, but there are no wrong moves. Yeah, and it's also um, – I think she also – I think she also is like it's the exercise we need right now or something mm -hmm. like that also. Yeah, uh, and she's very – she's very open to like they've done this exercise completely, not the way I set it up, but good for them because they're getting something from it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, have you had any teachers uh, that you completely were like, nope, I, I just don't like that style? Because I think that also helps us develop our sense of voice when we're starting out doing this. Uh, I have taken workshops that are, um, you know, here are a collection of skills. Here's like a um, recipe book of things you can try. Uh that always help, and then in scenes I never remember them because I'm trying to be in the moment. Uh, so it's something that definitely helps a lot of people, and it's something that I think about in between. But for this group, we're trying to focus on one particular skill, and uh, so I'm not throwing any more tactics than I need to for the JTS, which has enough. Are any group dynamic problems starting to arise or bubble up or anything like that? Uh, there have been people that um, have come to me saying that um, you know, this other player uh, 
drains the energy of the scene when they come in. Can you talk to them? And so I've talked to them, the person that brought the concern. I've talked to the person uh, that was the concern was about, and uh, as well as everyone that I'm trying to give individual feedback to. And uh, the way I see it, that we're not trying to form a team of superstars. We brought in people that are experienced, but we're not trying to be the next Dr. God. We're just trying to be our team. So I'm very willing to give people chances and uh, seeing how they develop if I see potential. When you say to me, someone comes in and says, oh, this person's draining, my initial reaction is, that's not the person who's the problem. You're a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. I uh, have also said that that uh, they should take care of themselves and that there's always two people in the scene. They can only control one of them. So, so what did you say to the person though that, uh, so when the person came to you and said, you know, this, I feel like this person's draining the scene and then you gave them that feedback of like, look, the only person you can control is you, I, you know, let's work on that. What did you say to the person though that was, was being marked as draining the scenes? First, I wanted to understand what their, uh, sense of how things had been going and what their emotional and intellectual state was. I wanted to know. Uh, is there something larger going on that I don't know? I want to know how my feedback would be received. And then the general concern and then uh, one specific thing that I wanted to see in the next practice. And so then the next practice came along and I saw, uh, and I could see some of what the concern was. I would have reacted differently if it had been something I couldn't understand. Uh, but I saw what I had specifically asked for in the next practice and reached out to that person again after saying thank you for you know, stepping up to the challenge. And I phrased it as a challenge for them, that it, uh, it wasn't something I was expecting to change overnight. And are you, so you, are you giving individual feedback to everybody uh, every week? No, uh, it's much more sporadic than that. Are they requesting individual feedback or do they, they're, they're on board with like, no, we're really, we're, this is a team goal. We're working toward this format and this show, this performance. Yeah, I haven't gotten any. There's some people that, uh, just, uh, come and do the scenes and hang out, uh, go home. Don't really talk about it. Some have questions after every explanation and ideas and comments after every, uh, scene and exercise, which are welcome. I start out, I begin my feedback with how did that feel for everyone? Because I don't want to start out by projecting my interpretation on it. If they thought it was a good scene or a good set, I don't want to negate that. Do you feel, uh, when you ask them, how did it feel that they're, they're willing to answer that question? Some yes, some no. I um, I find it a really interesting because I do it. It's also, that's also my mo. Um, like, great. How did you feel? What were you getting from that? What were some you know specific emotions that were bubbling up as you were doing that? And some people, for a variety of reasons, struggle to give 
the feedback on that first. I think some people want to hear my interpretation first to know, mm-hmm. especially my rule followers. Cause they want to know if they did it quote unquote, right. Um, yep. yeah. And, but like you, I think it's right. Like if they were like, Oh, that went really well. And from my viewpoint, it didn't go really well. Then I don't want to negate that. I, and I also want to give them like, I'm really glad you have positive feedback. Here are some things I think you should also continue to work on while doing that. Um, so nobody leaves the stage crying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does help that we're aiming towards a specific goal, uh, you know, a specific show. And I can say uh, there are going to be great things that happen that aren't quite what I had in mind. What I'd like to do is get it close to the JTS that I learned and then start branching out. So there will be plenty of room and time to go back to some of these uh, moves that do or don't work in general, but not for this show. The uh, how do you, how are you feeling through it? Like, what do you? What's your emotional state doing this? Do you feel? pressure to perform at a level. I mean, cause I personally feel like when we're teachers and coaches, that in of itself is also a bit of a performance. Um, so how are you, what, what are you learning about yourself? I guess is really the better, the stronger question. Yeah. I'm finding that it's, uh, it is a lot of emotional work and work work to prepare for each class and then to, um, I started out being very diligent about uh, you know, writing my thoughts and notes afterwards, but that has dropped off as time demands have increased. But I've been helped tremendously by my producers, uh, checking in with them, and uh, I've asked them after the first few practices, how did I do? And I trusted their answers more than anyone that they would tell me if something was really off. Right. And they did give me some good feedback in the beginning uh, about what they felt from reading the room or what their style of being coached was. Yeah. So I let's. I think it would be really helpful for uh, when we start to talk, when listeners start to listen in about when we say, you know, it does take a toll on us emotionally, like what it is that is actually going on. Um, so for you, um, what are you finding it's taking, what is you, what do you find it takes from you, but it also should be giving to you. Otherwise what's the point, right? Yeah. Uh, so what are, so what do you think are, so what do you think are some things that you have to be willing to give of yourself emotionally? And what do you think are some things you're getting? It's like you're doing a group scene all the time. And it's you know, many versus one. You're the one. Uh, it helps that it's you know grounded in reality. Uh, it's uh, hard sometimes being the uh, taskmaster when you know you have this uh, sequence of events that you want to happen. Uh, it's very helpful when. The group is also uh, asking what's next and I'm doing what the people in the class are 
uh, doing and just deferring for <laughs> someone else to answer. I get a lot out of the teaching and coaching because I get to see people grow and make these connections and have the success. But there are also some things that I also know that I have to take away. So, for example, when I taught uh, improvised movie at the theater for the first time, we had just, we introduced movie for the first time there. Um, one of the things I did not get to do is participate in a form that I really enjoy. Right. Like I am the director of the show and I'm the teacher of this class. And so that's one of the things I have to be willing to give up sometimes when um, especially if we're introducing something new to the community is going, OK, this is something I want to introduce to the community because I love doing it and have so much fun doing it. But until they know it, I can't I can't even get to be a part of what it is that I bring to the community. Yeah, that exactly is going on for me, too. Uh, it wasn't, you know, two weeks in that I was already thinking about uh, what could be the next thing. Uh, I was thinking that once this group is a thing and people are coming and seeing a regular show, uh, you know, this is everything going well, uh, that then we could start a side group that is more uh, all people invited to come and learn and play and then I would still be the you know, teacher for that, but I would have a chance to play in. And if it's all people welcome, then we could expand it. And like you're saying, get more people to know the skills. And then it might just be something that happens. People get together their own JTS teams. Right. Yeah. And, and I know for us, uh, specifically for Improvised Movie, the way I was able to set it up was they all went through this 10-week class and then they had like a three show run. And then out of that class, I said to all of them, you're invited to be put on a movie team. Um, and if you'd like to do it, it's one because they're also these people also happen to be Herald players in our community. So they're so they're they're playing in a lot of stuff. So I was like, so with movie, it's one rehearsal a month and one performance a month. And the caveat is though that I'm in it now. So what I did, though is I set up, uh, Paul Valancourt actually coaches us so that I can now truly fold in as a player. Um, so yeah. when we do, yeah, when we do shows, I film them and we all kind of do, and, I, and it defers to me to sort of be the leader, if you will. Um, we do a checking of notes of what we felt was working, what wasn't working. But beyond that, we wait for notes until I send off the video and then we even get our notes from Paul so that I'm not in the position of player and coach, which I'm already in a position for, for one of our teams out of necessity. And it's a terrible place to be in. So I don't, I don't suggest it if possible, but that's, but that's how I had to set that up so that we could, so that I could find a way for myself to insert the whole point of bringing improvised movie is not just to introduce the form to a to the community, but so I can play it because I like it. <laughs> exactly. And are you also bringing in someone else to, you know, run the practices, or he does that over Skype? Uh, well, so, yeah, yeah, he does okay. it over Skype. Yeah, because yeah, because um, my schedule is so uh so messy as you can imagine because I'm the only, I'm currently the only sole teacher. We have a couple of coaches for our Herald teams, 
but we're not big enough yet that we have more than like one level at a time thing. And it's me teaching it. So there's just no way uh, I could ask the movie players who are already doing some other stuff to be like, we're going to also meet every week as a movie team. So one, so it's a once a month rehearsal and a once a month performance. And so far we've been able to have Paul Skype in. Like I try to schedule it so that Paul's always available to do those Skype ins. Um, Yeah. And that's also the something when I came to them after their class and said, Hey, you're invited to be on this team. But like you, I was like, here's the expectations. Right. And part of that expectation is that I don't pay Paul every, you know, we're as a team, we pay Paul. Um, So that's also, you know, one of those things, which by the way, so that asked, so are you getting paid for this? Or is this something you wanted? You were just like, I'm getting paid. I went back and forth with the producers over it. What we felt at the end is that we would rather uh, have me get paid and continue the um, uh, not to challenge the idea of other directors getting paid. If I do it for free, then maybe uh, the expectation might get spread in the community. So I'd rather, uh, you know, in a way, lift up the other directors and coaches, but I'm treating the money right. as uh, something to put back towards the team in ways that I can. Yeah, I was, because uh, that's something I was curious about. Um, because I also, when I set up, okay, people who are on Herald teams, here's your coaches. Like when we wrote our bylaws for all that, coaches absolutely get paid because I wanted to put that as the standard. Same thing, right? I didn't want that. Um, and it's not, to me, it's not really about, it's not about the money. It's about the commitment. And and for some, for some coaches and directors out there, it may become about the money because that's how they're making their living. But for me, it was setting a standard exactly. in the community. Yeah. Um, did that, though, when you decided that you were going to, keep that standard in place did you also then have like this feeling of even more pressure of performing as a coach and a director not until you brought it up just now okay sorry (laughs) (laughs) i just i i'm just always like oh they're paying me for a service (laughs) like i better step up my game yeah (laughs) sorry uh, we have um, one of our producers is handling the money. He collects it and he sends me uh, it, and we are on a due system because the pay for what you attend system just encourages people to drop because they're not paying for it. And uh, right. So I, the, right. the money part still isn't really all that real to me. It just, happens and I focus on the work. What are your current attendance requirements? We have a um, set number of practices a month and then uh, you have to have been to, I believe, the, at least the practice before the, any performance you're going to be in. Right. I didn't want the... Um, rules to be too draconian or uh, hard and firm because I myself uh, like to travel and so we'll be missing things. I'll always have a substitute 
coach, but anything, you know, nonlinear where there's like certain number of practices you're fine. And then beyond that banishment can, uh, lead to arbitrary things that uh, might not be or seem fair. So I'm willing to be right. flexible about practice attendance, but I'd like to encourage it. How has it been up to this point with that? We have nine people confirmed in the group and two people that are uh, coming to a few trial practices to see if they'd like to join. But we've never had more than six people come up to a practice. And how do you think that will affect the overall dynamic in the long run? I think that we absolutely need to have a practice with 100% attendance soon. I'm not sure how to do that uh, because we're practicing on Sundays and people do things on the weekends and things come up. It's always a different thing. Uh, I think that there's going to be the people that have been coming up to almost every practice and uh, they're forming good improv group mind and the people that haven't been coming in uh, will be more wild cards, which could be a good thing if it injects some good fun energy in scenes, uh, bad if uh, it starts making improvisers tilt their head. And the other thing I wonder about too is then, uh, I mean, JTS is a bit philosophy and form, right? I haven't, I haven't officially taken, I haven't officially studied it. Um, so, but if there's form pieces to it and they continue to miss then how, how do you think you're going to handle like having to backtrack stuff that people have already learned or done? I think that we're early enough in the process that uh, everyone benefits from going over. And I could even do a quick rundown of the uh, explanation I give there. For the rules, there's only three real hard and fast rules. There's no wipes, so you can't run across the stage to end a scene. There are no tag outs, so you can't walk on stage and take the place of another character. You And there's no uh, walk-offs. So if you leave the stage, that's also the transition to a new scene. Okay. So it uh, actually helps format-wise that any time the number of people on the stage changes, that's a new scene. So you'll never get that miscommunication of, oh, were you here to talk to me or were you ending? You're always coming on stage to end it. And a great exercise for uh, doing that in a constrained way is the growing and shrinking game. So anytime there is a new person to the team that hasn't been to a practice before, we uh, do a growing and shrinking game before we run through a set. And they can start somewhere in the middle, see how the first few people do it, and then be a part of it themselves. I think it's, it's an interesting, so this is something that also, I think this is something that people everywhere struggle with, and that's 
how you said, like people have lives and they do things on weekends. I always go, but the flip to that is you've made a commitment to this for right now. So I get like, you know, people usually plan vacations a bit in advance, right? So, okay. So, okay, this is going on, but FYI, you know, in two months I'll be out of town for two weeks. Um, Some people I also know have like work travel, but they also usually know that a bit upfront. Um, Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's always that balance of like, and of course, true emergencies come up and stuff like that. But um, it's always that balance of, well, you've made this commitment, but also you have a life kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, and then when you do have to – so I'm currently in a – I'm currently in a position right now where I'm, I'm issuing hard warnings for one of our teams um, because the absences have been so – it's been very – their their goal as a group is to get better at group mind, but there's never been the same people in the room for the past two months. And no one has a bad excuse. They're very legit adult excuses. Um, but at the same time, they've also made this commitment yeah. to this other thing. So I had a I had to issue a hard warning of next week, if not, if everybody does not show up, like I'm going to make them all uh, be accountable with each other. I'm pulling their March show because uh, they already had their February show. And in fact, only three of their players showed up for that, which is a whole nother issue. So, um, and then we filled in with like our other players that we have. So I just, yeah, so I'm just, I just issued like, I'll pull your, cause I'm in that position, right? So I'll pull your March show. Um, yeah. I think I could do something similar that, um, but it would just be further in advance and so not next week, say sometime in the next month, pick one big practice, make a big deal about it and say, this is required to be a part of the first show. And you can still, we're still going to have a first show, uh, but they wouldn't be a part of it or they would be right. in the audience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's to me is like the not fun part of this is the people managing and you know we joke that it's hurting cats and <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would like to just uh, try to incentivize uh, you know, positively to come to one practice, but I think if there's no consequences, then it'll just be uh, ignored for lack of a better word. Right. And so for us, the positive that I have put in place is that um, they have a show every month. Like that's their thing, right? Like they are booked every month. They don't have to worry about it. So I try to do the positive, but like sometimes there has to be the consequence. As you're moving through this, do you think you've you've stumbled on what your philosophy is yet? I don't think I have a... Uh, codified philosophy as far as um, you know definitely nothing as developed as Paul Valancourt or Brian O'Connell that have the exact phrasing down Uh, what I've been emphasizing in practices is agreement and 
really listening to the last thing said. And uh, I cringe when I, you know, hear something golden being dropped. And I'm always uh, trying to bring that up in my notes that uh, if you had listened to this, not that it would have necessarily been better or worse, but it could have been uh, a tighter scene, especially since J.J.S. Brown emphasizes callbacks. Uh, we would like to not have too many things in a scene to call it back. What um, When you guys put this group together, uh, was diversity uh, part of the topic conversation? It's definitely been something we've been striving for as um, you know, people uh, propose people. We've been proposing uh, people of all backgrounds and then uh, as people accept and drop out, we're unfortunately starting to tend towards a more white male group that's the average here. But we are uh, without any specific policy trying to bring everyone in. How do you think moving to San Francisco and then becoming part of that scene, how do you think San Francisco's doing on a whole about diversity in the improv scene? I think that it's, there's, there's a diversity of theaters and each one uh, is skewed towards a different audience. Uh, so I can't speak for all of them. Uh, at End Games, which is where I spend most of my time, uh, the majority are young professionals like myself, which is another uh, you know, limiting aspect. And uh, there are uh, occasional diversity jams where it's encouraged to bring in uh, people, but those are just led by people that have the time to produce an extra show a month or every two weeks. And uh, every weekly jam has a women's set where anyone who identifies as a woman can come up and do a set with no guys there to throw that energy in. Those are always a pleasure to watch. And uh, there is no specific, um, you know, codified anti-harassment policy yet. I know they're working on one, but both the owners, Max and Scott, are very interested and aware and will hear any questions you have and there's an anonymous tip line where you can call things in. They're reviewed by someone else and sent to the owners. So they want to deal with any harassment or uh, issues that would drive people away. But there's no, like, here are the steps that will happen. So currently you are, in addition to this, you're also performing on two teams, you said? Yes. Okay. Are those coached? Those are coached. Uh, and... Go ahead. The owner of the theater, uh, this is All Out Comedy Theater, Colin Breen moved here from Chicago and started in the East Bay, something that she didn't see. So she runs everything, the production, uh, directing, coaching. Well, how do you, how, now, that you're, now that you're doing both, do you find it easy to put 
to just walk in the door and be like, oh, I'm just a player today and I'm getting coached? Or do you find yourself ever being like, ooh, like where are you on that? Have so far trusted all of the uh, direction I've taken. I'm also taking a Herald class right now. And I've been taking classes since I got here to San Francisco. And I love receiving notes and going with what the director, teacher, or coach wants to give. And I'm still that you know kid in the class that always has the answer and is willing to uh, give it. But I try to hold back so that everyone else can develop at their pace. Do you find when you're now doing this that you watch your coach or teacher differently than before you started doing the coaching and directing of your own? Yeah, I'm absolutely looking for more sense. Same way that the notes that I give are the notes that I would give myself, uh, agree more, listen more. Uh, I'm now looking for the style of notes, uh, the uh, the body language of the uh coach while the scene is going on if I'm not a part of it uh, and to see if I can predict when they're going to come in with side coaching or a uh, note afterwards and if they do or don't why was that yeah I think it's a it's an interesting transition that happens part of it was that I didn't know what to look for before I started coaching uh, I you know could appreciate I good coach or bad coach, but not what it was about it. What do you think is going to happen over the next few, like what do you think is going to happen over the next few weeks for yourself? I think, uh, well, I'm traveling for the next two weeks. So Sean Geary is going to come and guest coach this week and someone else to be determined the week after. So I'm very excited to see, uh, what they will have done with the group. I'll, most likely be in contact with them and already know from their perspective. And after that, I think we just did our first uh, full run through of the form this last week. And I only had one side coaching in it and it was to, you know, tell them it was time to start wrapping up the show. But uh, they you know, executed all the moves and had good scenes during the set. So I think we'll be ready to bring this in front of an audience soon and we'll see bigger and better things. Do you think this is something that uh, is a long-term interest for you to continue coaching or directing? I think it will be. It's uh, not the only form that I know that other people in San Francisco aren't doing and it's uh, remains to be seen whether I enjoy watching a performance as a director more or less than being in one and so if the two uh, you know performing versus directing start competing for my time I don't know which one I would choose right do you think that um teaching would be of interest to you also i mean you're essentially teaching because you're introducing them to jts but you also have this vision and you're directing and you're moving to a show but like a scaled class do you think that would be 
I think if that were to happen, it would be a long time in the future. Uh, it's very comforting to know that it's this one small group, and uh, even if I didn't know them personally before they came in, they were recommended by someone in the group. So there's that comfort and teaching a class of uh, anyone that just signs up sounds scarier. Uh, why does it why does it sound scarier? Because you don't have the personal connection with them, or because because you don't have why? Well, why you answer that? <laughs> okay. It's different from how I feel about performing. Performing improv, I'll do a jam with people I don't know and perform in front of audiences I don't know because all I need to do is connect with them in that moment. As a teacher and a coach, I feel like there's more of an obligation to their long-term development or lives, really. And I would want them to enjoy the class, learn something from the class, and want to stay in improv. And uh, it's a lot of pressure to put on myself. (laughs) 